All right, I think we're up and running for a Monday. It's Monday, October 4th. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show. The show, by the way, this week, um, we have concert tickets. Alexandria? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. What concert? Um, this is uh, an interesting collection of artists. <laughs> Summer Jam. It's Just an kidding. interesting, one really stands out, but I, so I think I'm going to get, we're going to do this every day after five o'clock on the air. And I think I'm going to get a, like a, a butt ton of phone calls for tickets to go see <clears throat> new kids on the block Ooh. and Vogue Ooh. salt and pepper uh-huh. and Rick Astley. Cause he's never going to give you up, nor will he ever let you down. Thank you for saying that, because I never would have known who that was. So that was strategic, what you did. Smart. But it could be, an, is it at the Huntington Center? No, it's not here. It's up in Detroit at Little Caesars. You know, that could be an interest. Oh, I'm, I'm not going. If it was in Toledo, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I want to deal with that kind of crowd in Detroit. Yeah, but you'll, um, you'll have people like from Kid Rockville coming out. You'll have all kinds. Like you'll have the ladies from certain parts of Detroit because they haven't seen Salt and Pepper in three years. Yeah, it, it would be a very interesting mix of people. Maybe they, or they should call it the Nostalgia Tour. Like they, that's what it should be called because that's literally what it is. I'm not sh- the old schools tour. Like not just the not a throwback tour. Nostalgia. I'm sure it has a name. Um, I just don't have that on my show sheet. But yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to to give uh, to give those tickets away all week on the uh, on the show. Um, we're gonna be very spoiler heavy today, so you've mm. been you've been warned. And um, something that I don't think anybody knows about, but you've known about for a while, we'll save that towards the end of the podcast because there are certain things that we talk about, like there's actually an update with uh, the, the lawsuit can go forward with Summit Street. And there are some people who have, who have I've talked about this with them. Well, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. Like, I have no idea what you're talking. I, the, the block, with, like, late. so we'll save... <laughs> any any times any times up discussion oh yeah for the end of the uh, end of the podcast today um like i said spoilery stuff but first i will let you share your your excitement even though it's probably waned a bit since friday morning at 903 a.m. i told everybody <laughs> on friday that you have secu- <laughs> you have secured your glass city metro park pavilion for your wedding that will now happen in less than 1 year congratulations Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I've, we've officially secured it. That was the biggest, like, nerve-wracking, you know, thing, I guess, related to wedding planning. Everything else, not to say I could care less. I do care. But I am just very excited to now be able to just enjoy those things as it comes compared to being concerned that I'm not going to have a venue and, a like, a, a location at, you know, on the, on that date, like it was, it was a challenge. Um, so people who are getting married in 2022, apparently like weddings are up 20 and 30% for the year 2022 because of 2020. And so a lot of vendors, your people are having a hard time booking like, um, photographers and DJs. And so I was able to get those things out of the way early, but you have to give them a day and location. And I said, well, technically I don't have my venue reserved. So what would have happened if I couldn't reserve it for that day? 
there would be like a lot more stress related to what, how I was going to make it work. And so now I don't have to deal with that at all. And it's just a beautiful location. Like it, and this is all you, like you're the one that that literally brought it up in like April or May or whenever it was. And I was like, Oh, that's right. There is a Metro park going down there. And I mean, it's fantastic. So we're very excited. We went and checked it out. Uh, maybe I'm very excited. I won't rope Thomas into my anxiety riddled mess. Um, but we went and checked it out on Friday before we went out to the movies. <laughs> and it was so lovely. Like it was the sun was setting and it was beautiful and it's going to be perfect. Except Spider-Man has nested all of his family members all over this building. Like the webbing is just I, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I should have taken pictures I don't, I don't know if the Metro Park had that in mind or not. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as saying like they need to like get some pesticides out there or whatever it's called because it's a Metro Park. So I doubt they're going to do that, but they've got to do something like this is kind of dangerous. It's Halloween. Let them have their spiders. Yeah, they'll have, listen, I could care less to be honest. Like, and here comes my attitude of, I could care less. I can't be bothered. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. So. And if anybody gives you a hard time, um, as someone who is very much against being married, not for myself, for myself, obviously, but for everybody else, um, and granted, being married is different from a wedding, but you have not been bridezilla about anything. You just wanted your venue and that was it. So don't let anybody Literally. give you a hard time about how hell-bent you were to get this and how you called Fern at 8.59 <laughs> Friday morning to get your venue. I literally, bless her heart, Jamie from the Sleeto Metro Parks, she was very patient with me, never, you know, never gave me an ounce of like feeling that she may have been annoyed with me. I like I, my anxiety could have been true. Like there really could have been a couple people out there that really wanted to get married there on the 1st of October and they just weren't as diligent as I was. Or my anxiety could have been completely unfounded. I was just being ridiculous. It is what it is. Nonetheless, like, you know, she said, hey, you got to call my cell phone at 9 a.m. on Friday and give me your your financial information. And I, sure enough, I waited until the tail end of 8.59, started to dial at 8.59, so she would pick up at 9 a.m. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're past it, and now we can just kind of relax and have a good time with the rest. Hello, Alex. Can I have the rest of your debit card number, please? Thank you. <laughs> and would you believe I've memorized my debit card number? I think there's a lot of us like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of us like that, and... Um, kind of like that. I had the one delivery person who was petrified of dogs deliver my Chinese food on Saturday night. Oh God. I think he would have left without me giving him money because he was, I, I was trying to tell him they're fine. They're fine. They're just excited. And he was scared. So, yeah. Um, Where'd you get Chinese food from? Uh, China chef. Oh, I've never had that. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it is good. It's like my go-to place. It's my go-to place. It sucked living downtown. There was no like divey Chinese place that would deliver to me, except for Rice King, which is uh. like below divey. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, he was very scared, and I felt very bad, but I enjoyed my food. Um, what else? Oh, so I want to throw something by you. As uh, what? Is, so thank you for coming out Saturday afternoon for the dog costume contest. 
I was gonna say your new best friend is taking a little nappy right next to me. Yeah. So tell me what did what did Petey say about me when you guys got home? <laughs> so he, I mean, he was I don't know. He was happy to be home. I guess we like we took him out of his his um, canine pack before we got into the car, and I let him run around for a lot of, a little while in the parking lot, and then we got in the car. I don't know. He didn't say much. He 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 was just he was chilling. I don't know. I wouldn't say that he disliked it. Like I think at first he was uncomfortable, but then by the you know, I kept trying to get him to sit. Okay, so for people who are listening, I have a backpack for my dogs. It was originally for Sunny, but she outgrew it. She's a little too fat for it. But Petey is perfectly sized. Petey does not like other humans, and he does not like other dogs that much. And we went to an event with lots of humans and lots of dogs. So I put him in in the backpack so he could be on my back and feel safe and comfortable. And I think he just kind of laid down like he just he was in his backpack and where I thought he must be uncomfortable. He was chilling. He just kind of laid there. And yeah, I was very proud of him. And while he gave me some kisses, I you couldn't see him. I saw his face and that was a look of resignation. So Pete's face always looks like that. I'll share a couple photos with you. Somebody was, I was talking with somebody and I showed them a picture and they said he just has a sad face, which he does. He's a sweetie pie, but he really does have like a set. He looks like he's been abused all his life. He has not, but I did get him from the shelter. So there is a small possibility, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, the end of that was a little, little chaotic and, I've been waiting for it to happen, and it did happen. <laughs> I finally left my sunroof open during a downpour. <gasps> did it rain really hard when you got home, or did it, did it miss you? Um, it kind of missed us. It driz- it definitely drizzled for like the, a couple of hours, I would say. So we might have gotten like a slow drizzle compared to like a downpour. We definitely didn't get that, and I enjoyed it because at that point I was home and like relaxed and in my bed and perfectly satisfied. Well, to wrap up that dog costume contest, like we we didn't make I, I we didn't make the best we made fast decisions because everybody mm. scattered. By the time uh, they were handing out the prizes, like it was a downpour. Wow! And yeah, it would have lasted a little bit longer, but everything was trying to beat the rain. And then I go back to my car, I'm like, oh shit! But um, yeah, not the worst thing in the world. But it was a good Saturday. It was, I, I have to think, just from eyeballing it, it was the biggest turnout ever, which is both good and bad for this year's Out of the Darkness Walk. So thank you for being there as well. Hopefully, you, uh, I know you got to see some people that we haven't seen in a while, and hopefully you got to meet some people who um, were open to hearing about the Wellness Center. I think so, yeah. We got some. We definitely got some emotional support line calls like right away good. today. So um, that was good, and I hope people, you know, I was really encouraged by how many people were just, um, really happy about the support line being the emotional support line being available to them. So it was, you know, it was a good day. It it was a beautiful day actually, and it was nice to be around people and to see how many, you know, people came out to the walk. But at the same time, there was more than one person that came to our table that was very close to bawling, like crying, um, because of how emotional it was for them. So that made it really hard to just kind of see and know that somebody was really having a hard time. So I was very pleased that we could at least provide them with the resource resource that was the emotional support line. So I'm hoping, you know, uh, the individuals that came to the walk, you know, begin to use that a bit more because that was hard to see. Yeah, it's it like we, we don't want any of the we don't want any of these walks, even though a lot of these walks do a lot of good. They raise money mm-hmm. for 
the Heart Association and obviously Coleman, and we save a lot of lives when it comes to breast cancer. A lot of the people that attend uh, the Out of the Darkness Walk, like there is no cure because they've lost someone and that person is never coming back. And then my friend Rachel, who's along with the walk chair, reminded me it's not just about people who have lost someone, it's people who are in the throes of some type of serious mental health situation or close to it. And we have all those resources there. So it was, uh, it, it's good and bad, but overall it's, it's great. And um, again, for the great, for, for the turnout and obviously the weather helped that, but also missing last year. But I was, um, wasn't brought to any kind of tears or emotion. I was just very delighted that we were able to connect with that many people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There was, there was a lot of people so much so that it was, I mean, back where I was standing where there was a fair amount of people there, like I was sitting at the table, I couldn't hear that well. And I'm like, Oh my God, you need to turn that mic up. <laughs> Cause you were talking about some, you were talking about stuff that I already knew, but being as candid as you were, especially with so many people around, you know, and I'm sure people heard you like it. I'm not saying nobody could hear you, but, um, Hopefully next year we'll get those things fixed first. We'll be a three food truck walk and a and a and a three speaker, a three sound system speaker <laughs> system walk. <laughs> the food trucks actually having more than one might not be a bad idea. And like, does the walk end after people get back, or is there like more activities that are planned throughout that day? No, that's really it. Just the 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 prize giveaways and and that that's it. That's why I figured. I, that's, that's why I left after they they go on their way. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a mess um, getting out of the parking garage. We were, mm. I was waiting for a, a while. Like the, I didn't have the an line. Issue. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because you left just before, <laughs> you know. I parked blocks away. Oh, that's right. Like I, like I told you on Saturday, I, it's great that our downtown is blossoming and emerging mm-hmm. and being like other metros downtowns, but I always have hated my entire life going like when I'm home downtown the center city philadelphia we're now downtown detroit because it's parking is a headache and or very expensive so if you lived in cleveland you would just catch the rapid downtown then because it like what's the point just hop on the train and come downtown and then hop back on the train and go back home i suppose i could have done that in philadelphia but um maybe i was too (laughs) far too far out of downtown where i live there was something else about saturday i wanted to by you was it mental health stuff was it venom no it wasn't venom um hmm what was it hold on i'm looking at my list here um well i was running a bunch of errands on saturday so i thankfully you were able to hop on when you did if not i was about to be in the vortex which i would say is much more chaotic than the rabbit hole of wayfair shopping Mm. Um, what for i'm looking for some table lamps Okay, those tall lamps that have tables around them? No, lamps that you put on tables. Oh, why don't you try Ikea? I don't want to go up to Ikea. I love Ikea. We could go together. Um, well, as long as you won't be so biased with your desire to go to Ikea, I'll send you some links of things I found. And sure. on Wayfair, I found some things I really like, but they're all like 80 bucks, and I don't uh. need to spend... Like, this isn't... A, a necessity, but I've had my lights for a long time. One is kind of unfixable at this point, um, but it could be a, a pricey, not necessary update. But I'll send you some of these things, and maybe you can help me come up with a combination of do this, that's cheaper, and get that. Or maybe you can say, this is not the right way to go. Just go to Ikea. 
Yeah, Ikea or at home, like at home has literally an entire, I know how you feel about at home, but the selection, you cannot beat the selection. Yes, I can. No, you can't. One of the places I was on Friday or Saturday was at home. And Uh, now I know how women feel and they think that they're going to have some of the best sex ever. This guy is so hot. (laughs) I cannot wait for him to take his clothes off and then whip it out. It's either like, that's it. Or or it it is as appealing as you want it to be. And then it's like, that was it. But the motion of the ocean ain't right. That's every visit for me to at home. Why? You're going with the, you're going by yourself is the problem. Listen, I live for at home. I feel like this store manager knows me by name. Like I just I just love at home. Yeah, Shame ne- on you. I never have success there. And I'll show you some of the, the things I was looking at and I will then at least say to you, I didn't see any of these at at home. I, I, I was at a Target in Kirkland's today. I saw some other things. I took pictures. So I will include this all in a very, you know what? I'll just make some kind of very large PowerPoint that you that I will present to you and Sonny and Petey and we'll put our heads together. <laughs> my table lamps are actually from Ikea. So I have one that's on my end table and I have the same lamp as a floor lamp. So I have two of the same design, but ones they're different sizes. Most of my stuff is from Ikea, and it has lasted a long, long time. But yeah. the, the lights yeah. are not. Um, amid all these travels looking for things, I noticed something. And What's that? no one has really locked down why we can't find workers. And as with most things, as with most conclusions and answers, it's, well, it's, it's, it's all of these things or a lot of these things. And... Like a month or so ago when I had the revelation that I read somewhere that, oh, if you don't have to pay your rent because you're not going to get evicted, why would you work? Maybe a small reason, but something else I was wondering. So it seems like, especially as I I get the sense that Delta, for the most part, has has peaked. Um, we had a very positive email here company-wide that came through. Uh-huh. today and in fact we are not being pushed back into the new year and i get the sense that's that's a lot of places so i might yeah. be, i might be very wrong i am no scientist um before delta i was like we seem to be making good progress here and who's no who knows what flu season could bring with the virus but it, but i feel like we've we've hit the top of of delta and i'll i'll do more research to maybe refute or support that but it seems like all businesses are still requiring their employees to wear masks. And I'm wondering if some people don't want to go back to that. And they're just saying, I don't want to go to work if I have to wear a mask. And perhaps that's contributing to an inability to find employees. I don't think so. I mean, I think that, like, I think there was a rush of businesses that lost employees quickly because they had to, like, at the very beginning of the pandemic. And then we know that there was government provided benefits that those employees were able to get and hold on to up until now. So like when we start to see people trickle back into the workforce, I mean, that's exactly what's happening. They're gonna be trickling back in and they will likely be a whole lot more selective on where they're going and they have the ability to be. Some of these companies have adapted to provide more money financially, like per hour. So like, even though we may not 
you know, think that's sustainable long term. It's a fact that you're like you're going to get paid more at Ch Chipotle or Kroger or, you know, some of these business businesses. What are the businesses that provided benefits during the pandemic financially or they provided like, you know, incentives, sign on bonuses, those kinds of things. Like now that they're trickling back into the workforce, they're trickling back in a whole lot more selective than they were before. So like if you aren't like just how we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, what's your marketing strategy like to get new employees? Are you being creative? Like if you're not being creative in that way or if you don't have the capacity to compete, you may see them coming in, may see candidates coming in a whole lot slower, you know, than they would have before. So, I mean, I, I really think that that's what the struggle is. It's just there's more everybody's hiring. So there's more options, <laughs> you know. I want to go a couple directions with this because um, I know you said that it, it happened to you. Um, I think call off culture was really taking hold before COVID happened, though. Now, I could be very wrong and I don't want to label any age group or generation a specific way because I just have a handful of stories and what I can come across. But it seemed like call-off culture became extremely pervasive during COVID for one of the things that you pointed out. Like, okay, fine, I didn't like that job anyway. I'll just go, I'll just go get another one. Um, something happened with, uh, with me helping Matt and his meal stuff a couple of weekends ago, I think. He got a call from somebody who was supposed to help him at 1130 the night before. Mm. And that person had all but committed to every Saturday. Mm. Um, so this is 1130. And Matt said that uh, this person had asked what time they were supposed to be in. As if they didn't know because they had been very consistent coming in at the same time. So, and again, this is 1130 on a Friday night. My theory was this person was probing for you to say... I have enough people you can take tomorrow off without actually saying, I don't want to come into work. Um, mm. Also, it was 1130 at night, so they were hoping to be let off the hook so they could continue mm -hmm. with a longer Friday night. And they wound up not coming in. Um, but there, there's something going on with, with call-off culture that is different from what it's been in years past. Obviously, COVID exacerbated everything, but this, I think, was happening for a certain age group and person ah. before COVID kicked into gear. And I don't know where it came from. I want to, I'd love to take a guess at what age group you're referring to. However, yes, like, I see that. I see your argument. But at the same time, I think COVID was an awakening, like the pandemic, like let's post-pandemic, it, there's a bit of an awakening in that we were all working ourselves to death. Like, it's not that serious. I don't know. I Like, from my perspective, and I manage a lot of people, like a, more than 10, you know, so I feel like that's a lot of people. Um, and I have always had the style of, I, I remember what it's like when you maybe needed to call off, you needed to call your supervisor and call off. And it just the thought of loan gave you anxiety. Like, I, I walk the fine line between allowing individuals to feel safe saying, I need a break, I need a beat, I need a moment, and still requiring, um, you know, dependability, accountability, respect, all of those things. Like, I feel like it's a teaching game. There will be some people that will take advantage of it, but at the same time, like from Matt's perspective, I don't think he like listens to the podcast, and I feel like I know Matt pretty well. 
you know, that's, it's just the name of the game. Like it's, it, you know, it, that's just to be expected. And is it wrong for that person to call off the night before? No, it's completely normal. And I think it's those things. It shouldn't be though. But it should be, but it should be because like, what if they're sick? What if they're tired? What if they need a mental break? Wouldn't you want the same kind of grace if you needed that? Well, you see what I mean? For this specific example, I don't think the, unless the mental health support you needed was, I need to keep drinking and partying tonight. Um, There was just too much there that didn't make it such a, a genuine call off so much as it was bad responsibility, bad planning. But because I'm what you're saying does happen, but this this one specifically reeked of I'm going to see if I can not work tomorrow so I can keep partying tonight. I disagree. I mean, so what? Like, that's the that's the name of the game. You know, like if that person didn't want to come into work, like I, I understand that, you know, it's not it puts you in a in a bad way. Like it puts us as managers in a bad way. But they, they're employees, like they have rights to take off for whatever they want to take off for, you know, and it's up to us to deal with it. Now, if that person started taking off consistently for those reasons, then you say, okay, I think I'm going to move on. But, you know, at the, at, there is the stress of being a manager and having an employ, employment force that is called, like, it's just to be expected. And, it, you know, I don't really think... It, it shouldn't be. And I get your point of, like, much of current employment recent employers have wrought this on themselves by maybe being bad leaders and managers but that's not everybody oh, no. Like, no 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 Matt, i don't think that matt's not the kind of person you call off on and if you're gonna Why do that because he's a good person to work for he's not some kind of tyrant the work isn't hard or anything like that like if you called off at, if this is a Walmart thing, or I know a guy who he says uh, he works at a certain big box store, and I was asking him about um, what he's looking to do, he's like somewhere where I won't get yelled at, like that kind of place. I can completely understand last minute call off or something like that because I just want to socialize tonight. Matt is not that type of person at all, so I can see you calling I off agree. from a tyrant. No, I I do agree. He is not that kind of person. I I mean, I worked for him that day myself. I and I've met him many times. I agree 100%. I don't think it has anything to do with Matt. And I think that like thinking Matt would get a better quality employee because of who he is might set him up for failure. Because that's, you know, in in the mind of like just set him up for failure and that, you know, he should or should not be bothered by this person calling off. Matt's still an employer like anyone else. And there's going to be a certain amount of call-offs and things like traditional things like this that he is to deal with just like anybody else, no matter how good of an employee he is. Or a a boss, I mean. And and again, that's going to leave a bad taste in his mouth and mouths like his. Like, we have a a problem. And and there will be, um, unfortunately, shrapnel that hits innocent bystanders. And he was just that in that case. Um, but see, I have, I have an issue with the person that did that if they did it for the reasons of to continue their evening, knowing that they could just leave their commitment. Like there is a responsibility issue. 
I don't, I will have to agree to disagree. I mean, I do, of course, I think that there's responsibility and, you know, following through with your commitments. But at the same time, if that person was like, you know what, I'm just going to have a night out tonight. I'm going to give myself a break to, I'm going to have a nice time tonight and I'm going to call off tomorrow because maybe they've earned it the entire week or maybe they just wanted to do it. And I think that that's, we'll definitely have to agree to disagree because I just feel like, this is part of the game and it doesn't mean that Matt's still not a like a bomb boss like I feel like he is and he has a good mission and a good message and a good story there could be somebody else that doesn't have a, that's not a good boss and they have a terrible story and they're awful you know and that doesn't mean that he may get treated differently than that person just because he's great like it doesn't always work out that way and I think that they're just there's a balancing act and I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying that that's the mentality that he has. Matt, we're using Matt as an example, but I just, I just disagree. And I think that maybe that is what's coming out because of COVID and that individuals are more, you know, more are less likely to give all of themselves to an employer that's probably going to cut them if, if well, times get short. Right. But that's where the issue lies then. And maybe the ultimate consequence will be a person doing that enough times and they realize they are not employable because they cannot commit or handle responsibilities of a, of a young adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it, it's just if this becomes a habit for this young person that I'm, I'm assuming it's a young person for this young person that called off at 1130 when they were supposed to be in at 9am the next day, if it becomes habitual to them, then that is an issue. That's a bigger problem. That's a pattern of behavior. But if they are just calling off because they wanted to go have a good time with their friends that night and Uh, not have to leave early. But remember it was 1130 at night. This is not like 630. Right. It's (laughs) not great. It's not great, but it may not speak to, like, you, you see what I mean? It, like, do, does that person maybe deserve some grace? Maybe. I would, I would say so. I would give, if I were Matt, I would give it to him and say, you know what? It's not a problem. I'm glad you had a good time. And that person may feel, feel better, feel less anxious, and be more likely to give more of their energy to Matt because they know that's the kind of boss he is. Not when you put them in a hard spot like that. It's a lot more acceptable when you give them more notice. Because, like, he can't call anybody at midnight and say, hey, can you come in? As opposed to 7 o'clock. I guess. I mean, I I do have a different managing style. And I feel like it served me pretty well. But, but if somebody did this to you last minute, and it has been done to you, right? It has. It absolutely has. And I've, and I've, and you know that, obviously. We talk about that. And I still try to hold on to my, like, my um, consistency in saying, you know what, it's fine, things happen, let's figure this out together. And there's been employees that I was able to save from that. I, I mean, I have employees right now that have said nothing but good things about working where they work because of the grace they were given when nobody else would have given them that. When, and I've been, and they've been maintained, you know? And there are some differences between what you're offering to people and what he's offering to That's people. True. Whereas you are a foot in the door towards... Um, not a not a job, but a career and and a purpose in life. Him, not he needs so bodies. much. He, he does. Needs, I mean, he, he needs bodies. Um, Correct. I have one more thought on this, but I got to knock out a. I have another story to share that adds okay. to part of this discussion. Let me do a quick traffic report, okay? Mm-hmm. We have an accident central between Lagrange and Stigney. Everything else is all clear for your Monday afternoon commute. That is your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic.
Mm, okay. So I have to, I want to, I feel like specificity is important here. Um, <laughs> I will, I will try to make it worry. I, okay. So I, I, and the reason I wanted to discuss all this because so much of this happened in the last handful of days. And again, me thinking with maybe people just don't want to wear masks when they go back to work and whatever. I'm, I'm glad we're not as affected by, by it as others are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed, I, I went to get uh, what wound up being an iced tea on Saturday afternoon. Hmm. Um, I didn't want uh, I didn't want caffeine or anything like that. Uh, I walked into, st- well, I walked into one place and I was like, I'm not waiting in that line to get water. So <laughs> this, you're talking about it. Levis. This, oh. um, it's fine. This, uh, this transaction was taking a long time. It, it took some time to, I, I don't know what honestly took so damn long. The the brewing of tears, I, I don't know. I, I was just waiting as patiently as I could. Uh-huh. So I got to talking to this person. So I was like, so, what'd you do before you worked here? And they were, and they were like, I was unemployed. I was like, well, uh, what'd you do before that? They said they worked at Wendy's. Uh-huh. And now they're here. Barista-ing. Uh-huh. And all I could think to myself was there's a lot of jobs out there. Like yeah. and this person was probably in their early twenties. Why Wendy's in this place? Like there is probably a lot more out there for you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, are there is that a question? Is that what you're probing to me? No, I'm just throwing that out for for consumption. Um and I didn't have any answer, wasn't looking for one. It was just a thought that popped into my head. Like, And again, some places just might appeal to somebody. But like we've already talked about here, not many other times, there are so many places to work and so many of those places that aren't Amazon, that aren't so grueling, that will probably pay you a bit more. Um, the only thing I was I left with was, wow, this took, this took a really long time to make a single iced tea. Maybe this isn't a good employee. <laughs> Or a new employee, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that. yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. I wonder if, if that company had any kind of incentives for new employees, like maybe s- school loans would be paid for or some tuition. This place or... wasn't doing that. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, okay. I, couldn't, even, I couldn't even tell you. I'd, it, but that's curious. Like, you know, what is somebody's rhyme or reason from going from one place to another for work? You know, like, would it just, like... Listen, I have to do a job anyway, so let me see if I can get a job somewhere where I wouldn't mind working. I don't know. Proximity, hours, I, I don't know. They're, they're, everybody's got their own different reasons. I am waiting for someone to to game the system where they just <laughs> bounce from place to place after they've received like some luxurious sign-on bonus or some incentive, and then they go, eh, it's not for me, and then they go to another place like that. That's like that's like what I do with shopping online, and um, I'll use one email for one website <laughs> and another email for another, so I could get the twenty percent off for a new yes. shopper. <laughs> Listen, that's just smart, okay? Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah. Pete, come here, Pete. Come here. Um, come up here. Okay, spoiler time of the show. Um, let's talk about Midnight Mass. Oh, tell me, because we didn't. Like, I know you finished. Yes. And I feel like we didn't talk about it. Yeah, uh, well, because I finished late on Saturday night, and then I was dead to the world on Sunday. Um, 
as with all things, like all these Mike Flanagan shows are deeply emotional and very sad. The word I'm using is pathos. Very mm-hmm. like it evokes great sadness. Right. Um, and it, it it was it was that. Um Are you referring to the Riley scene? All of it. Oh my all gosh. I mean, the whole yeah. thing is very sad. And uh, yeah. in these in these Mike Flanagan shows, which was Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, there are no yeah. real, there are no winners. There's just closure, I guess. Yeah. Like, the priest got some closure. Um Ali got some closure. The one villain that we wanted to see done wrong, Bev, you know, she, <laughs> she got what was coming to her. I guess I wasn't completely thrilled that the demon angel was flying away as weakly as he was or she was. She still could have gotten away, and that was very smart of Aaron to slice up the wings. But I, I, I stayed with say my. That the wings couldn't heal themselves, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I remain with my my initial thought after we talked on Saturday after I saw the third episode where. Um, the old priest went to the so that that's the Wailing Wall in Israel. Yeah. Are yes. you familiar with it? Yes. Okay. I want to see it one day. For those that don't know, you stick notes in there, and supposedly uh, those notes are read by a higher power. Because that's the last known place that Jesus was. Correct. You're asking the wrong Jew. So yes, yeah, so that's that that's part of it. Like. I mean, I think that that's the overall appeal is that wall was like the last known place that Jesus like spent time. So there's, so people write notes in there and I don't know if somebody collects them every night or how it works. So the, the, the father, the Monsignor did that and then wandered into a desert. There was a storm. There was a dark tunnel and that tunnel had eyes. Right. So I have not changed my initial thoughts of the symbolism. I didn't read the New York Times article with Mike Flanagan. So I'll st- and, and we all interpret things differently. So I'll go with this. My takeaway from the show, um, creatively and symbolically, is if you go too deep into religion, which can be, all can be very cultish, um, it's very likely you come out with some kind of demon or something evil that overwhelms you and overtakes you and, you're, and overtakes your your better judgment. And instead of finding eternal life, you find a light that shines down on you and burns you into a crisp and incinerates you. So be careful how far you go into, I guess, almost anything because demons are everywhere when we put our guards down thinking that we've actually found an angel. I think that's a really good, like conclusion and i think it's i I mean yeah like if there is some symbolism that's not like outwardly in your face i think that that is a really good point i think the other part is you know we know that a lot of individuals um who believe and practice are very exclusionary like they exclude others you know and like what i know as a christian is that we are supposed to love everyone god loves everybody you know everybody but not bev and and the groups that and and so when these things started to happen and Bev believed miracles were happening, she was able to convince many people, you know, of t- to act in terrible ways, to, you know, to to sacrifice people and bad behavior. And so um, 
I, I mean, I didn't, this might be one of the shows where I decided to not look deeply into it just because I enjoyed it so much on the surface. But as you're talking about it, that makes a lot of sense. Like exactly. And it was, it was hard to watch. And I just really wanted like, like Riley's parents. I didn't want what happened to Riley to happen to Riley. That was really sad. Like of all the like Mike Flanagan sad moments, that was awful i'm talking about like what's what what was the girl's name from the first one the bro who had the broken neck what was her i forget like anyway carla um, gugino who was yeah not- but her her character what was her character's name it was something cute it was something like i forget anyway um i really did not like poor riley was just just what word do I want to use? He was just tortured, just tortured yeah. the entire show. And for that to be his ending and it, oh my God, it was awful. And his poor parents just, it was rough. Like you, you wanted him to find redemption. Um, mm-hmm. And you could see that uh, he was obvi- getting there uh, or he at least attempted to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could see with the visions that he had when he would lay down to sleep, like he was tortured forever. Mm-hmm. Like he was never mm-hmm. going to get over that. And his prison sentence outside of being in jail was much beyond the four years that he had to spend. Um, there's, it, again, it's just, it all his shows evoke a lot of sadness. And I would say I actually looked more symbolically and spiritually at the show than I did his previous stuff, because mm-hmm. to me, the reveal was in that third episode where it's like, oh shit, this guy brought a demon back with him. Which, by the way, if that thing didn't like light, what did he do? Put it in his carry-on? <laughs> I think it was okay with light, though. All it did was put a hat on. Like, for some reason, that one was, like, okay with some sort of light, I guess. Because there were scenes where it looked like it was out in the you know, in the light, but I guess the absence of sun is okay. Like, so on shady days, it showed the, um, pastor like stick his, the father stick his arm out and not get burnt because it was just a cloudy day. So, um, I don't, I don't know it, but it, yeah, it was, I thought it was so good. I was so pleasantly surprised it, like there were many things that I was even questioning and I said, okay, well, is this the end of times? Like, is that what they were bringing out was the end of times? And we didn't know it. I thought it was really interesting when they tried to make this like, so you believe it was a demon where I don't know what it was like, because they were delivering it as if it was some sort of angel. And I said, maybe we don't have, like, maybe our idea of what angels are is completely wrong. You know? So I don't, I don't know. Well, remember the and fa- then when they, the father or the Monsignor was delusional. Um, that's so, true. Because uh, I know they specifically showed a halo type light over the demon. Yeah, he was in the cave. Standing yeah. over the, the Monsignor. Um, but again, that you don't know if that's like religion blinding him and twisting his mind or whatever illness he had at that point. Um, I mean, that's the neat thing that you can pick apart about all this stuff. And, and I kept thinking... Um, like, tell me, what's the vampire aspect of this like? Like, is there something with that where, because isn't there something in Christianity? There, there's got to be. You, you you polish this up for me. Where, like, you want to get in heaven and that's eternal life. And there's something about vampires, like, when you become one, you live forever. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. I don't I don't know that reference, so I would not know. I mean, I know a lot about Christianity, that which is also why I enjoyed this story so much, because there were so many things that I remembered. But, um... 
I feel like I would have known if there was anything about vampires <laughs> because that's kind of cool. But no, I don't think so. No, not vampires in Christianity, but just the blood sucking oh. aspect of it and how that blood allowed them to essentially yeah. live eternally or for their old injuries to heal or as uh, mm-hmm. what's her face's mom like she Benjamin buttoned so there was like mm-hmm. a vampire like quality to it um, and again I know Christianity like going to heaven like this physical embodiment of, of us yeah is just you're the, back to yourself yeah that, well, that, 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 this is just the beginning right mm-hmm. there's yes so I thought that the monologue between Riley and I'm, the na- the name of the pregnant woman is escaping Aaron? me Aaron. So I thought that their like um, exchange that was pretty long. I mean, it was like 20 minutes where they were where Riley was explaining he didn't believe in heaven. And he described in vivid detail what he thinks happens to the body after you die. First of all, I thought that that was fantastic, you know, for individuals who don't believe in religion and don't believe in any kind of higher power. And they're like, I just become bacteria that keeps feeding the earth fantastic but when Aaron described what she thought happened to her daughter like who she she lost her daughter and she's like this is what I'm gonna imagine it reminded me very closely of what I feel like happened to my father when my father passed and it isn't I don't obviously it's something that's taught like you learn religion and then you decide at one point if you're gonna believe it or not and I do and so when somebody actually close to me actually passed away like that was what gave me peace it reminded me of Aaron. Like Aaron wasn't completely tortured after she lost her her baby. She had peace in moments where Riley felt like she should be angry and furious. You know what I mean? Um, but sh- this is what she chose to believe. That was the faith that she had from what her you know from her um, religious beliefs. I, it, it was just it was it, fantastic. It was it was a great scene. No, and and mm-hmm. it, like I was on Riley's side. You were on the other side. Yeah, and it, it's. Quite possibly the only question in life we will never get the answer to because nobody's come back from that. Yeah. You know, I feel like I believe. Except for the father and then the other guy, but they had angel demon blood in them. They don't count. That's true. That's I do believe, though, that I believe I believed Riley and Aaron. Like, I believe that there's a section. There's both. Both things happen at the same time. So um, if that's even possible. But anyway, um, it Midnight Mass is fantastic. I feel like I want to watch it again. I, even down to the location that they chose, it was just genius. It was it was really well written. I do want to read more stories about Mike Flanagan and why this was so personal to him. I, it sounds like he's somebody in recovery, so it sounds like he might have had a history of alcohol abuse. And um, I'm curious, like, because he obviously put a lot into it. This was just really well done. So I want I want to read up on that. I just haven't really felt like giving that my time i haven't felt like reading much <laughs> he might be in recovery from christianity <laughs> um, that and alcoholism hold on uh, i got another traffic report to do mm-hmm. two incidents are watching right now one accident central between lagrange and stickney also an accident sylvania at talmage everything else is clear that's your cumulus toledo right now traffic yeah i may watch it again too because it's such a quick watch has there been any more news about the Ambassador Bridge in Detroit? No, uh, I have not seen anything, and that's probably because I decided to stay offline as much as possible today because Facebook and Instagram are down, and I I have cynical thoughts about that. 
Why? What are your cynical thoughts? Well, two things. Uh, there's been some discussion over the last week about uh, Facebook not doing more or knowing that Instagram was harmful to teens. And that didn't become as big as I thought it would. Although somebody wrote a great counter argument saying, of course, the traditional media is going to report on this because that's who Facebook uh, penalizes the most and who Facebook is in competition with. So it was a valid point because their point was ask any kid, like, so, like, how do they feel? And most of the time they're probably going to say depressed, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to comparing themselves to others. Fair points. But also the uh, whistleblower story la- was last night on, um, on 60 Minutes. Which whistleblower story? Uh, a Facebook whistleblower, a 37-year-old oh. woman. Um, and it, I guess it's the most revealing stuff we've gotten that hasn't been a leak. Um, this one, and it's funny that like those two things, and now all of a sudden Facebook is down. Did somebody who has some power actually get fed up with Facebook and say, I will hit this button if you don't start acting more ethically? <laughs> I'm going to press it. <laughs> this, uh, this is the one quote that jumped out at me from last night's uh, 60 Minutes thing. No one at Facebook is malevolent. Is malevolent. No one at Facebook is malevolent, but the incentives are misaligned, right? Like Facebook makes more money when you consume more content. People enjoy engaging with things that elicit an emotional reaction. And the more anger they, that they get exposed to, the more they interact and the more they consume. Yeah. Which is why my life-saving move is make everything chronological again as opposed to letting everybody yell for the most attention. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. So you're taking, you're saying change the algorithm back to chronological compared. To, well, get rid of the algorithm altogether. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Um, this way we're not all fighting for attention. And some of the things that get our attention are wonderful stories, mm-hmm. but it's also allowed evil and wrong to arise and have far too much influence over the last ten years. I. Yeah, I didn't even notice that there was like a Facebook conversation that was coming out over the last couple of days. Maybe I was just completely distracted. I don't know. Like I've lost like hope and faith in most of it because I agree that um, conspiracy theories and misinformation is taken down. But there's so many things that are still kept up that are also just as harmful. Like I there was a TikTok the other day that I saw and I said, is this what I think it is? And it was one of those TikToks where it's like somebody is counting it, I, I don't even remember what it was, but some some people will share TikToks of like viral videos and they'll say part 46, like viral video part 46. Or I think it was people caught on camera part 32 and then they'll cut to a video. They were cutting to a video of a, a teenage couple like literally having sex at a concert and got caught, you know, and somehow that's still on TikTok compared to somebody whose bra strap is showing and they get taken down for nudity. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't have any faith in it anymore. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. I do like, like them taking down things that um, encourage misinformation, but I, you know, there was a report last week and there's a lot of reports every week. I like to think I read fairly accurate stuff. Mm. Um, It said, Facebook was kind of ho-hum when it came to misinformation about the election in January mm-hmm. 6th and COVID. So, because again, it doesn't, it doesn't make them money to take down those things that really rile people up. 
And I know the world can't all be butterflies and rainbows, but when we let bad actors arise so easily um, with so little consequence, it, it makes for an ugly world. Yeah. We're, we're really in a bad spot. Um, speaking of accountability. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. Good. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you bring people up to speed on this Ken Leslie situation and take... If you miss anything, I'll, I'll chime in with the, the little facts that I know, at least like where he's from and why this is a thing. Well, I don't. I mean, I hope that I re- relay this accurately because that's obviously that's extremely important to me. But there has been a lot of conversation about the exec- the previous, the, the um, previous executive director, um, chief, you know, executive director of Veterans Matter, One Veterans. I don't know if those are two different organizations or if it's one. One Matters, Veteran Matters. He's their founder. He resigns amid sexual uh, harassment allegations. That's the headline. Pretty much uh, all local media spots today. Thank you. Um, the what he was also on the board of the Toledo City Streets newspaper. That's not being discussed as much because there has been a group of ladies that has come that has done a lot of work over the, the summer. Um, to that were victims, you know, of his sexual harassment, um, sexual harassing behavior, and they they said enough is enough, and they were um, they kind of got together and they Cami um, Roth Sisnrotniak, I know that I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. Rachel Richardson and Heidi Buck, those three ladies um, were very brave, and they all had encounters with. Um, Ken Leslie and you know they realized they had that in common with each other and they decided to get together write their statements down get it notarized um, and made into an affidavit and reported it to the to the leaders of these organizations and said you have a sexual harasser leading you you have a sexual harasser on this board he should not be you know he should not be made to work with vulnerable populations with this kind of pattern of behavior and we're asking for him to be removed immediately. And the way that they went about it was just really um, powerful. And that, um, you know, they started writing about it and sharing their feelings. And they even went as far as protecting themselves with by, with a lawyer by saying, what can we do and how can we do this? Going about these things the right way so that it really did mean something and make a difference. And then gave these organizations opportunities to remove him on their own without things having to go as public as it did. Toledo City Streets paper did do that. So I believe there was a letter sent to them with a deadline that said, this individual is on your board. He is a sexual harasser. He has a pattern of this behavior. Here's proof. Here's our affidavits. We are asking for you to remove him from your board immediately. And we'll give you until this time to do so. And they, it, it sounds like Toledo City Streets newspaper did do that. So good on them. Um, but Veterans Matter did not, and in fact decided to hire some sort of independent investigator that did some internal investigation. Um, the, the The ladies had been very public and said that um, they were not they were not notified of this, nor were they reached out to for their statements. And they offered themselves to do that, so they offered cooperation during this process. They offered to share. Well, I won't say cooperation because that's not for me to share or. For me to say, but they offered to participate in the process and nobody contacted them. Nobody told them that there was an investigation. Nobody contacted them to ask for their input and nobody gave them the investigation result. It was shared via Facebook, which was really unfortunate, very messy. 
Um, all of that to say, if you are a leader in our community and you are not, you know, acting, I, I don't, I mean, we're not perfect, but this is just unacceptable, especially when you're working with vulnerable populations, like behaving in this manner, um, making women to feel uncomfortable and humiliated and horrified and traumatized by your behavior, finding it funny, not taking it seriously when somebody says stop. There are consequences to those actions. Like you don't get to be funny all the time and free of consequence. It's just, I know that he's a comedian, but it's just not, that's not how things work. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that he chose to resign. Uh, there's some, pro I've been following this for some time. Um, Cammie and I work together professionally in a lot of ways, but we also are friends on social media and we speak about personal things every now and then when we see each other. And so I was sad to see that that had happened to her and that there was no doubt feelings that she felt. I myself have been like sexually harassed by people in the workplace, not in my current workplace, but in my current position, just not by somebody I worked with directly within my organization. And it really does, it keeps you up at night, even if it's something that's small. Like if it's, it could be something that to, to everybody else is just really small, but it keeps you up at night. It's, it's sad and it's scary. And you're worried about how your response is going to affect other people. I remember there was some, something happened to me personally. I was at Putin Bay and somebody had like violently like hit my behind in front of many people. And I was so horrified. I froze. And then after freezing, I was more worried about how people were going to react to me by slapping him back that I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't stand up for myself. You, you just, you're frozen in time. And it, anyway, it's just, it really, it, it's awful. And to experience it in the workplace where you're expected to perform at your best is even worse for all three of those ladies. All of that happened in the workplace. So I'm glad that he's no longer in that position. I hope that he can take this time to reflect even further because I do know that he was sharing that he had sought out therapy and he had been trying to address his behaviors, but he made no mention of the pattern of behaviors that happened well before his interaction with Cami. And so that that speaks to a deeper pattern that you aren't even addressing, you know? So um, anyway, that that has been <laughs> what has happened in our county with a with a, a well-known organization and their leader. You know, we, it's time to be better leaders, um, learn from one another, learn from these experiences. I hope that there's people that are still in their positions of leadership that can learn from this and do better if you're somebody that acts like that. Well said. Um, in the same realm of that, I don't know if you saw it because again, the internet's down today for all intents and purposes. Uh, Emily Ratajkowski said that Robin, uh, Robin Thicke drunkenly grabbed her tits on the set of Blurred Lines, which is on a scale of one to 10 surprising, zero. Uh, um, I would give it about a five. I would okay. have expected him not to be drunk on the set of his music video, especially since I think that was around the time he was in the media for cheating on Paula Patton um, and, and like ruining his family. So I would have expected him not to be drunk. But nope, you're right. Like, again, as a lady, not surprising at all do better like just unacceptable i i mean it, especially if she's a professional of course she's a professional that was coming on expected to wear as little clothes as possible but again like what we're wearing on our bodies makes no difference <laughs> to like how we want to be approached and just and touched and not touched and all of that so well to your point 
like he should have been more careful considering yeah. his his situation. However, and that for a second you did make me think maybe I should say it was a three on the surprising level. But then again, <laughs> they did create a video which the foundation was naked, pretty naked women. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that isn't the wasn't the video kind of discussing blurred lines, like so speaking about being drunk and like it, it hasn't there been things that came out about how problematic that song is uh it was because of the marvin gay sample that was or was not um but oh see i thought it was because of what he was actually singing about oh i don't like i, don't, I know you want oh right blurred lines i know you want it i know you want it like so basically like <laughs> come on girl i know you want too. it like isn't that what they all say after they're about to sexually harass somebody <laughs> like what everybody says and it's like no consent was not given anyway seven years later that i look back on it yeah but i also i i don't listen to i don't yeah i don't listen yeah. to the lyrics but yeah that yeah. makes total sense um i would say that i'm surprised that she waited till now to reveal that but perhaps it was it was the strategic thing to do because back then she did not have the power and could have fallen into category into a category of of people not believing her and being blacklisted. Yeah. Now that she's a megastar, she can levy that allegation, that accusation, that truth, and people will listen to her. I mean, I, I feel like all of those things happen. There's when when you're a, a woman, or maybe even, and also even a male. We knew we know that males can be sexually harassed as well. You know, when you're a victim of sexual harassment, there it is very often that you're not believed or that people try to look for any reason it it reminds me and i like i'm not trying to say that this is the same but when we are sitting there watching a black man be murdered by the police and somebody's like well what did they do why right. did the police have to be called you know it's the same it's the same kind of tragedy it's the same kind of dehumanizing questioning and behavior it happens all the time and it is part of the reason why people don't say anything like a back to my own situation when I was sexually harassed while I was working, I did not tell anyone. Um, and I, I have to live with that. So I have to live with the fact that I didn't tell anyone so that I may not protect other women from that person sexually harassing other women. Um, uh, but it, but that's my own story. And, you know, if I feel comfortable enough to come out and say something about it, you know, this year, next year, five years from now, that's my own journey and my own story. But yeah, there's, there's, a laundry list of reasons why people don't speak out. And it's unfortunate. It really yep. is. Don't sexually harass people ever, not even in the workplace, but just ever. <laughs> just stop it. Not you people in general. There's no one here to, I don't even want to, people are coming back next week and I'm, I'm like horrified about it. So when do I get to come? When do I get to come in there and come back to the studio and be on that mic in that uncomfortable chair with the spiders crawling up the wall. When do I get to see our little squirrel friend out of the window again? I don't know. I mean, I can ask the question with people coming back now. Um, yeah. it, it, at least it, it, it allows me to do that. I would guess the answer is still going to be no, but <laughs> never. I'll ask. Um, so I think tonight I'll watch Guilty. Uh, oh, I, did, I watched that yesterday. Well, I enjoy it because Vinny told me that Sopranos isn't really worth it. I mean, the it got me is the answer. It is the answer. I was like cleaning. I was doing laundry at the time and it got me through part of my day is about what it was like. I, it wasn't that great to me. So, okay. no. Did you watch Squid Game yet? 
I don't love it. So okay. maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I was thinking about making a Facebook post about it, but Facebook is down anyway. I have tried. I think I'm like three episodes in. I'm not a fan. I don't find it very entertaining. I tried to turn it back on and I ended up watching Love on the Spectrum because I think it's cute and it's fascinating to see. <laughs> like I just And now On My Block is on from on Netflix and I really love On My Block. So I'm just going to binge that until I'm done. Okay. All right, maybe I'll have to rethink my plans tonight. Um, please watch for. Uh, I'll send you an email with all this, all this Wayfair Vortex stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. IKEA. Just let me know when we're going to IKEA. Okay. Mm, all right. Bye. Uh, bye, bye.